Welcome to Killian Baptist Church's podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Reynolds, the lead pastor of Killian Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire at Killian Baptist Church is to be disciples of Christ who go out with the gospel that others might enter into a relationship with God. God bless you as you listen, and please consider subscribing so you can tune in every week. We just want to point out we are continuing our uh, sermon series uh, called 2020 focus 2020 focus now in the preacher groups that i'm a part of there's a lot of laughing going around because one of the things that they've said is wait for it in 2019 they said wait for it all the 2020 vision sermon series are going to start soon and sure enough as soon as as soon as uh 2020 hit all of a sudden you see 2020 vision you see vision 2020 all the various places and uh you know what it's funny and it's okay and uh it's important for us to take some time to focus And so that's exactly what it is that we are doing. We are focusing on essential, the essential things that are necessary for us as a church body as we seek to move forward into this next decade. You know, as we move forward into this, not only this next year, but also we move forward in the next decade to see what it is that God has for us. And we're going to, we're isolating out um, six things through this sermon series that are absolutely essential for us as a church body to put our focus upon in order for us to continue beyond this decade. And so the first one last week we made mention of was the importance of making the word of God central to everything we do and how we live our lives. This morning we were focusing on another essential aspect for a church body if they're hoping to make it, if they're hoping to be obedient followers of Jesus Christ in this day and age and every age, then we're going to have to do and, and have and put an, an importance on um, this week's focus, which is church membership, church membership. You say, well, I'm already a member. I can tune it out. No, I want you to listen hard. I want you to listen well, because we're going to be talking about what does biblical church membership look like? Remember, the word is central to who we are and what it is that we do. Therefore, if we have an idea about church membership, which is unbiblical, we need to rid ourselves of that idea And we need to begin to embrace the biblical understanding of what church membership really is. So we're going to be in in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 12 in just a minute. So if you will please stand with your Bibles. Um, If you don't have a Bible with you, it's okay. Or if you have a different version of the Bible, that's okay too. It's going to be up here on the screen for you to follow along so that you know I'm not making any of this stuff up. This is coming straight out of here. And uh, that's important. Um, So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, and I'll begin reading in verse number 12. And I'm going to go all the way down to verse number 27. The Apostle Paul is writing, he says, For just as the body is one, and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, 
Because I am not an I, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts of the body just as he wanted. Verse number 19. If they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there, is, there are many parts of the body. Uh, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we, should, we consider with less honor, we clothe with greater honor, and our respectable parts are, and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. Verse number 26, so if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. May God bless the reading and the proclamation of his word. And may I preach as though never to preach again as a dying man to dying men. You may be seated. In this passage of scripture, the Apostle Paul is, is, is writing to the church in Corinth. And in chapter 11 that he's just covered, he, he covers the life of idolatry that exists in every sinner's heart. And that life of idolatry seeks to use their own abilities, their own talents, their, their own giftedness. They seek to use those abilities and talents and giftedness for their own self-satisfaction. Now the Apostle Paul is transitioning to what it looks like to walk in a new life with Christ. He's transitioning to what it looks like to now, instead of using your talents and gifts and abilities... For your own self-satisfaction, you're now utilizing those talents and gifts and abilities as a means to glorify God, as a means to make much of his name. And that's what it should look like when someone comes to faith in Jesus Christ. But there's also another point that the Apostle Paul is making through this passage of Scripture. We see another truth that is communicated about the essential nature of a local body of believers. And it's not only one part, just the body's responsibility, but there's also an individual responsibility that exists as well. Boiled down to its most basic purpose, a church and the individual members who make up that church have a responsibility to do two things. How many things? Two things. You ready for them? The first one is this. To hold one another accountable to engage the mission of gospel, to hold one another accountable to engage the mission of the gospel. Now here's the second one, to be held accountable to engage the mission of God, the mission of God. Now, I'll define the mission of God in just a few minutes. But first, what I want to do is I want to clarify that this is the biblical model for what membership 
in a local body of believers looks like. Whether you're a body of five or 5,000, the church and its individual parts have a responsibility to hold and to be held accountable to engage in the mission of God. Now, I understand that there are those people that are out there that they believe that membership is merely coming down front and saying a couple of words and expressing to the church body as a whole, hey, I want to be a member here. It's as simple as is raising their hand and acknowledging that they want to come and be in this place. It's merely a classification to them of their place of residence as a church person. There are even some people that they have this idea, they have this belief that their walk with Christ, or sorry, let me say that again, they have this belief that their name on a church roll directly correlates to whether or not their name is on a roll in heaven. There are some people who believe that, which by the way, that is not a biblical idea or concept whatsoever. There are some people that say, oh yeah, I'm a member of that church over there. I love it when those people call. Hey, I'm a member of Killian Baptist Church. And I say, okay, um, what's your name? And I've never heard of them. And I think, okay, but I've only been here two and a half years. And I'll say, okay, who is the pastor? And they say, Ron Avant. From anybody not familiar, Ron Avant was the pastor in 2007. But there are some that have this idea that, oh yeah, I am a church member there because I have my name on a roll at that place. There are some people that say, because I'm a church member there, it designates me a certain right, or I get a pew assigned to my name. I get, my, I get, my, I get to use the facilities there. I'm not talking about the bathroom, I'm talking about like the fellowship hall and stuff like that. Or, or you know what, I can go to the library and check out books because I'm a member there. There are some that they say, I am a church member at that place merely, merely to get the Jehovah's Witnesses off the front doorstep. The sad reality about that is here they have the lost coming to them, and the only thing that we know to say in that moment is, oh, I'm a church member at this church versus being able to engage them with the gospel. That's not membership, by the way. None of those things are the biblical idea of membership. The Apostle Paul it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 in the passage of scripture, he says, for just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. See this over here? See this? Yeah? Yes or no? I just want to make sure I'm checking y'all's vision. Good. Yes. Whew, that was close. thought you were all blind. Okay, you see this right here? Yes? Okay, what about this over here? I'm not doing the hokey pokey, okay? What about, what about this up here? You see this? Yeah? Yeah. These are all members. They're individual members of my body. My arm is a part of my body. It's a member of my body. My leg is a member of my body. My, my head is a, is a member of my body. And together, they make up my body. But individually, they are members of my body. See, if we want to rightly define membership, and we're going to have it over there on the screen for you. If we're going to rightly define membership, membership is a state of belonging 
or being together with a group. A state of belonging or being together with a group. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 in the passage, he says, Indeed, the body is not one part, but many parts. See, through Jesus Christ, we go from being separated from the body, not being a part of the body, to now being a part of the body. We are joined together to the body of Christ. We move from being separate to being joined together. And that now it was two, it has now become one. And now we are a member of the body of Christ. And, 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 and as individual members that make up the body as a whole. And what's important for us to recognize is there is not any one part of the body that is more important than the other. Each has an essential role to play in God's divine plan. See, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that means you are a member of the body of Christ. You are a part of the body of Christ. And you have an essential role to play in this local body of believers. Believers, absolutely essential. Remember what your role was? There's two purposes of the church member. The one was to hold and to be held accountable to engage the mission of the gospel, the mission of God. See, regardless of the part of the body that you are, you have a responsibility. And the Bible tells us very clearly that God puts the body together as he seeks fit. See, here's the, here's the thing. You say, well, I don't feel like a very valuable part. Here, but see, as an individual, God has given you unique talents and unique gifts. You may be able to, be, you may be able to fix things wonderfully. You're just a, a handy person by nature. You enjoy fixing things and repairing things and, and putting things together and, and, put, and taking things apart. You were one of those kids that you took everything apart in order to learn how to put it back together. Maybe you're an individual that you're good at teaching. You're good at communicating with small kids or, or adults. You can communicate hard biblical truths to people and essential ideas about who God is. You're good at teaching. Maybe you are just overly happy all the time, but that's just your default personality. And while you may get on somebody's nerves, guess what? You have a role to play in the body. You, you may be somebody that's, that's gifted at driving a van or something along those lines. You may be gifted at, at just writing cards or, or speaking a word of encouragement or, or working with, with technical stuff such as, such as sound and lights. Or, or maybe you're, you're good with, with, with singing or playing an instrument. The thing is, is God has uniquely gifted and made you in order to fit you with the body to accomplish and engage others in the mission of God. Therefore, when we as a church body come together, and as we seek to hold and be held accountable, we are seeking to hold and be held accountable in the means that we are holding one another accountable to ensure that, hey, are you serving in the capacity that God has called you, enabled you? Are you giving, of giving to him in the way that he is calling you to give of your time, of your energy, of your resources? 
And then also being willing to be held accountable in those things as well. Hey, I know that you do this for a living, but I notice that you don't do this in serving in the church, and you're not serving in any other place of the church. So is the issue that you're okay with the giftedness that God has given you to work in this area over here, but it's not, the church isn't good enough to utilize your technical abilities and gifts and skills in this capacity? Are you willing to be held accountable as a church member? See, the Apostle Paul says, you cannot rightly fulfill your calling in your life if you're not a part of the body. First Corinthians 12, 15, he says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. In other words, there are some people that exist within the context of a congregation. They will say, well, I'm not gifted in these areas over here. Therefore, I'm not really a part of the church body. That is a lie. God has gifted you uniquely. He's gifted you intentionally. If you're a hand or a foot or a, or a leg or an eye or whatever it is that he has gifted you in, he has given you the ability to do those things. And for you not to do those things, guess what? It's a hindrance to the body as a whole. You say, well, how was that? Well, if I were to chop off my leg and throw it over there, is it of any use to me whatsoever? No, not unless it's to pick, somebody, pick it up and hit somebody with it. If I were to cut off my finger and, and, and toss it over there, is it of any use to me whatsoever? No, it's not. See, those that say, well, I'm not this in the church, therefore, I'm not really a part of the body. They're an individual that says, well, I'm essentially like a, a, a finger or a leg, and therefore, I'm not a really a part of the body. But not only that, so you're not only hindering the body as a whole, you're also, you're also hurting yourself. Because a foot or a hand or a finger or whatever that's separated or severed from the body and cast over there, does it continue growing? It's just not a trick question. No. It, it doesn't continue growing. It dies. It absolutely dies. You would say, no, that's ridiculous. It doesn't con continue growing. You know, it's about as absurd as someone that says, I don't need to be involved in a local gathering of fellow believers whether it's a crowd of five or 5,000, because I'm strong enough to do this on my own. I'm strong enough to do this alone. My dad, who's um, visiting with us this morning, once explained to me the power of the zebra, the power of the zebra. I don't know if he remembers even telling me this. Um, but to you and I, when we go to the zoo and we look at the zebra, we see black and white stripes, and we think, how in the world does this thing end up living? Because it stands out like a sore thumb. But the, the funny thing is, is it's its main predator, the lion. Its main predator, what wants to eat it is colorblind. Therefore, to the lion, everything is in black and white. And the way that the stripes are formed on the zebra, whenever they're in high or tall grass, and that grass is moving back and forth, it's hard for that lion to see it. So it's a defense mechanism, but also there's an opportunity for strength there. Because imagine 
the lion, who can only see in black and white, and I don't know what his focal vision is. I've never asked a lion. But imagine all of a sudden this lion sees not just one zebra, but a whole herd of zebras with all black and white vertical stripes running. All of a sudden it doesn't look like one small creature, a a small horse. It, It looks like a massive, massive organism, this huge thing that's moving along together. See, there's strength in those numbers. The same is true for you as a follower of Jesus Christ, for you as you are a part of a body of believers. To separate yourself from the body, not only do you become weaker, but you also weaken the body because we're not able to be held accountable by you. And you're not exercising the giftedness in which God has given you. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, the Apostle Paul continues, he says, but as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. Verse number 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And verse number 26, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. It's this idea that as a part of the body, There is victory and there is defeat together. But in order to experience the strength of what the body can be, we must be faithful to hold one another accountable and be held accountable to engage in the mission of God. See, understanding and engaging in biblical church membership is absolutely necessary for us as we seek to move forward here at Killian Baptist Church. Holding and being held accountable to engage the mission of God must be how we understand church membership in a local body of believers. Why is that? Because we remain and exist on this earth as Christ followers for the purpose of engaging in the mission of God. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, that is the sole reason why you continue to exist here. It's the reason why God has left you here. It's to engage in the mission of God. So I promised that I would define the mission of God for you. Therefore, I will. The mission of God, don't give the answer yet, just wait, just one second. The mission of God for every individual and every body of believers, whether five or 5,000, is this. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? It's big, huge. Go and make disciples. That's the mission. And want to know how we accomplish that mission? This is just, this is like sprinkling on top. I don't even think there's a slide for that. How do we accomplish the mission? We love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love others as ourselves. We must be holding one another accountable to do this, to engage in God's mission. And we must be willing to be held accountable in this. If I am not making disciples, then I need one of you to come up to me and say, Pastor Chris, there is something going on. We are missing an essential part of what it is that God has called us to do in making disciples. 
And if you're not making disciples, then you need to be ready for someone to step up and say to you, hey, you're a part of this body of believers. What are you doing? You're not utilizing the giftedness in which God has given you in order to make disciples. You're not utilizing those gifts to encourage people to walk in holiness and walk in righteousness as we seek to become more like God, as we seek to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. And if you're not doing this, it's, it's hurting us. It's hurting us as a, as a whole and it's hurting you as an individual. Church body, it's time to step up. It's time to step up and say, hey, hey, um, I, 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 I need to be held accountable. And I need to be willing to hold others accountable. I need to be willing to step into a hard situation and say, hey, I heard how you were, you were snapping at your wife and you were snapping at your kids and how you were engaging with them and how you talked to your boss. What's going on with that? What's taking place? It didn't look like you were seeking to glorify God in those moments. This is what biblical church membership looks like. And if that's not what you signed up for, then I'm going to ask you a really hard question. I want you to ask yourself this question. Why am I here? Not why am I here, but you asking yourself, why am I here? And if you've stayed here for any other reason other than to make much of Jesus in this place and seek to make disciples and glorify the mission of God, then I want to encourage you to do one essential thing, and that is to repent. To repent of merely existing for the purpose of self. Repent and say, God, I have been seeking to make much of me and my desires and my way and my personal preferences, and I want to instead make much of you and more of your son, Jesus Christ. See, biblical church membership is holding one another accountable to the biblical standard of fulfilling God's mission and to engaging in his mission and also being willing to be held accountable. If this, not, if this is not one of our priorities as individuals and as a church as a whole, then we as individuals will suffer. And the kingdom work that God is seeking to accomplish here in and through Killian Baptist Church will suffer as well. Let us begin to embrace. Embrace the reality that in a biblical church membership, we were to be held accountable and we are to hold one another accountable to engage and accomplish the mission of God. And anything else, anything else that we're desiring to do in this body, in this church, is a desire to rob God of the glory in which he is due. Let's go to our Lord and Savior in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your plan. I want to thank you for your purpose. I want to thank you for how it is that you work and move, God. Father, I pray that you would be magnified in our midst as we seek, as we seek to make much of your glorious name. Father, I pray that we would seek to be a people that seek to point others.